it's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. On the offensive line, Joe Staley's lining up at left tackle, Alex Boone at left guard, Marcus Martin at center, Jordan Debbie at right guard, and Eric Pierce at right tackle. That, of course, is 49ers head coach Jim Tom Sula. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on Gold Faithful, brought to you by DynastySportsEmpire.com. Fantasy sports, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, Dynasty Sports Empire has you covered. Visit them online, DynastySportsEmpire.com, and join a fantasy startup today. How's it going, Nick? Uh, good. I mean, obviously, that's kind of exciting news. You know, you got a couple of starters set there. We knew a few of those guys were, were already going to be in there, you know, obviously that left side, but... Kind of nice to see the right side get set. I'm, I'm it not would sure be I'm more exciting about if, if it there was, were other guys. <laughs> yeah, or I just had more confidence in those guys. Right, right of course. Um, and it's not to hate on those guys, but this was their oh their man. performance was not good in preseason game three, which is supposed to be just the tune up for right. the regular season. Well, they did have the most successful drive of the game, which is I think one of the main reasons that they're going with this starting line going forward. But I mean, on that safety, did you see Piers just get manhandled? Yeah, I mean, and, he just looked like a boy. And against DeMarcus Ware. Obviously, it's going to be interesting when we talk to our guest today, Jeff Dini, 49ers analyst for Pro Football Focus, and he's going to break down some of the grades that they have on offensive linemen. And I'm I'm really interested to ask him about how how that works because Cap also on that same play, if Piers rides Ware deep, right, then and Cap he's needs to, to step, step up. up. But then if Silverman gets beat inside, he can't step up. So exactly. whose fault is that exactly? That's a great call. Because he was stuck there and he had no place to go. So that was a tandem sack. It wasn't just on Piers, but... Right, but he I mean, did. He looked pretty bad there. It was, yeah. He, <laughs> he looked like he was just chasing he's him He's better whole time. going forward than going backward, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, no doubt and about that. And just the whole 49ers offense in general has looked a lot better running the ball than passing it. Yeah, fifth in rushing through the first uh, three preseason games, 32nd in passing. And, and in case you didn't do the math on that, that is dead last. How many teams? 32 teams, 32. Right? They expand. They're averaging under 80 yards passing a game. That's horrible. <laughs> horrible. Even I mean, I don't know what the context is with other preseasons, um, right. but it just it hasn't looked good. No, no. And it doesn't pass the eye test either. Yeah, no. these are just numbers, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But their rushing does pass the eye test. It's been looking good. They're averaging 134 yards a game, which isn't, again, the best, but it's, you know, their, their yard per carry is best in the NFL it's preseason. It's a lot of backups in there, but they're averaging five yards a carry. you got to love that. I have no problem with how that's looked, and obviously the, the glaring problem on both sides of the ball, pass protection mm-hmm. on offense and the pass rush on defense. If the 49ers have a bad year, I mean, that that's where they're going to lose games. You're exactly right. And, you know, the biggest thing for me, too, it's not about yards. It's not about, you know, this and that, how they look to eye to the worst thing is they've scored one offensive touchdown. Yeah. Three preseason games. That's horrible. Even good drives have stalled out once they get yeah. to the red zone, and red zone's not a new problem for the San Francisco 49ers. The only thing that kind of is like, all right, maybe that's not such a big deal, is there's only one other team in the NFL that's only scored one touchdown. It's the Seahawks. So it's not, you know, it's the, no one's saying doom and gloom up there in Seattle, so maybe there's a little bit of hope. And they've combined still, the the first unit hasn't played a whole of game course. together combined. But, but the first unit games. hasn't looked good. I right. mean, we can talk about those numbers for a long time. I mean, Bolden has one catch in the preseason. Torrey Smith has one catch. Vernon Davis has no catches. Yeah, I was hoping to see the tight end get involved a little bit more. He's been they've been involved a lot when the Gabbard offense comes exactly. in. Exactly, and maybe that's and he maybe, completed maybe, a pass further than ten yards down the field. What? Did you see that? I did. It was over. It was to a tight end, and 
between the numbers. Right. So it wasn't deep down the sideline or anything. But, but still. it was a first down throw. Look at that. Yeah, okay. Promising steps for Blaine Gabbert in that second team offense. Hopefully he doesn't see the field. But um, <laughs> You're right about that. Yeah. You know, a lot, a lot of stuff, obviously, to talk about with Jared Hain as well. You know, there was oh, a, absolutely. Well, there was that rumor going around um, that, that he was basically told his family, hey, I'm assured of the 53-man roster. About 10 minutes ago, before we came in here, I was, you know, following on Twitter, and Jared Hain posted something really quick, and it said, you know, I hate that somebody, you know, all my hard work and stuff hasn't paid off. You know, one person goes out trying to make a name for themselves. Hashtag totally not true. Boom, it's deleted. It was deleted almost immediately because oh, wow. I, I clicked on it and then it wasn't there. I was like, wait, 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 whoa, 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 go back. I went back. It wasn't there. It's still not there. So I don't know if he just immediately regretted what he did or maybe someone was sitting next to him was like, dude, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do it. So Wow. Yeah. That reminds me of something I wanted to talk about today. I, I, first, I just want to thank everybody for listening and the continued support we've gotten. Um, we've had a lot of listens. A lot of people are really into the show and uh, we love hearing from you and we will be continuing to try to improve this show. We want it to be the premier 49ers podcast for all the 49er fans out there. But United States, we have, obviously, is our top country. Right. Looking at the deep statistics here. What do you think is the number two country? Is it Australia? It is. Is it really? Yeah. Yes. By quite a margin. That's fantastic. Followed by UK and uh-huh. Canada. Yeah. Hey, Jared Hayne. Hey, make that team. <laughs> let's, so, let's yeah. keep that listeners Shout out to all Australia. the Australians down there. That's right. And, and everybody else throughout the world that are listening to the show. I mean, we've got some Qatar on here, mm. New Zealand, Serbia, which I did not expect to see. I, I did. I think I, that I might, we'd be the Serbian guy is accidental. He just he thought he was <laughs> he was like he wanted to hear it about, had something to do with gold, yeah, jewelry, or mining, something. or something. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I like gold, but the rest of them are legit. I know we have fans in Fiji. That's for sure. Oh yeah, Fiji water, baby. A fan in Fiji. A I fan. A fan. So, so let's yeah. talk about the offensive line for okay. just one second because um, we mentioned that it was the only solid drive uh, that they had in preseason uh, game number three. There, Kaepernick obviously he came out and, and one of the big uh, one of the big question marks for me is not Pierce. We talked about his, but it, it's Debbie. You know he he has not looked good so far in, in his regular season games with the Patriots, and he did look look pretty good. On film, I went back and, and watched a few of his snaps. He he had a lot of energy, and he was really pumped up. He looked strong. My my only question is, did, did it, is it because he knew he only had limited snaps? You know, can he can he sustain that sort of uh, physicality throughout an entire game? You know, it was just like, all right, I know I'm only going to be in here a quarter. Like I'm just going to bring it. And that's why he looks so good. Right. Yeah, the consistency and being able to work together as a unit because he's obviously been here the least amount of time. Right. So how does that fit in? He's got another week to get ready and gel. I mean, because the offensive line is a unit. We just talked about it, how two uh, two breakdowns contributed to, to one play, you know, and maybe just one of those breakdowns, the play's okay still, and Cap can keep it alive or at least get out of the end zone. Well, we talk, and, and Kaepernick actually credited Devy with, with one of his long runs, basically saying, like, what he did, you know, kind of opening up that hole allowed me to run. And, and so, you know, he, he he's a big fan of Devy going forward. But, I mean, you look at a lot of the numbers. Uh, we're going to, you know, talk about some pro football focus numbers yes. and, and the grading. And, I mean, Devy's career, also Pierre's career, just pretty much horrible. The first seven weeks of 2014, I got this stat from pro football focus. They, they graded Jordan Devy as the worst offensive lineman in the league. For his first seven games last year, he was tied with Eric Pierce, though. So they, <laughs> they were tied for last. Tied for last. Wow. For the first seven games of last year. And those are your starting right tackle and right guard 49er fans. Which which brings me to this point. You you have to think that Evan Mathis 
was just completely not interested in playing in San Francisco right. because of course no team needed a veteran guard more than the 49ers. I'm he sure signed they went a one-year deal yeah. in Denver, so it wasn't like a money thing. No, he wants to win. I'm sure that's it. I mean, you go to a place like like San Francisco, and let's be honest, there's not a whole lot of talent around him. Yeah, that left side's good, but if he knows he's going to be next to Piers on the right side or something, and you know, and Kilgore, you know, obviously he's not going to be around for a while. Uh, maybe he was scared. He's like, no, 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 I don't want to look bad. And speaking of pro football focus, he was the number one ranked guard wow. in the NFL last year. So we, we have the last. Yes, <laughs> we could have had the first, but he didn't want to come here. And the first was out there oh, to be had. Man, that's brutal. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to talk to Jeff Dini a little bit later about some of those pro football focus grades. Uh, defensive backs we wanted mm-hmm. to touch on a lot in this episode. We haven't right. talked a lot about the defensive backfield. Obviously, you got to believe Tremaine Brock, if healthy, has one side. Yeah. And that's that. It's a done deal. I mean, he, he didn't play, though, in, in week three because he wasn't healthy. Right, but exactly. And he, he had the health problems last year, too. Right. And you got to think maybe that maybe that was good for the 49ers because they got to trot a couple of guys out there, you know, starting in the two corner spots. Like, okay. Let's see yes. what you can do. Yes. Get in there against Demarius Thomas. And it doesn't sound like they're too worried about him long-term, so hopefully he's going to be ready, and I'm sure they, they'll keep him out. Just precautionary reasons. Yeah. They don't want to lose him. To, yeah, I mean, Tom Sula has basically said Tremaine Brock's a starter. That's all we know right. so far when it comes to defensive backs. I mean, obviously, Antoine Bethea has got that pretty much locked down well, there at safety. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but Kenneth Acker looked really good. I've loved him this preseason. Yeah, yeah. He's just jumped out at me. We talked about him last week. He impressed me the most of all the young DBs, even more than Sharice Wright, the veteran, and that just continues. Yeah, he uh, he was a six-round pick last year, in case you don't know who Acker is. Do a little homework here for you. Spent the year on IR, had a little foot problem, but has come out. I mean, he had an interception of Peyton Manning. He was covering Demarius Thomas. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, and did the whole, the whole well, hey, he is a relatively, he's a rookie. I mean, yeah. last year was his rookie season. Kind of foolish. This is his first, but yeah, he yeah. did the, uh, the fall down, but not get touched. Throw the ball, throw the ball up. Move. And yeah. you see that a lot. You see that you almost do. every year you see somebody do that, make a huge play, and then just toss the ball. And it's usually a young guy because right. the college rules, you know, you're down you're down, but not so much here in the NFL, young man. But a great article from Joe Fan, TeamReporter49ers.com, talking about how Acker, just basically getting into Acker, you know, talking all about him. Uh, So, you know, guys, go check that out if you're you're looking for a little more Acker depth. But he started both practices, too, against Denver last week. So, you know, a lot of of reps for that guy, had a couple of tackles in the game. Also had another pass defended in the end zone against Cody uh, Latimer. So, you know, basically making a, a great name for himself. Already has a sack so far in the preseason as well. He's got six tackles, four pass defended. I mean, it's looking like it's definitely the scales tilting towards Acker, right? I would believe so. And just from a technique standpoint, he looks yeah. more like a veteran and not like a first-year player. He does. Reeser obviously has gotten a, a lot of play as well. Uh, nice to see him. Dante Johnson has been in there quite a bit as well. We're talking about great articles. Uh, James Brady of SB Nation had a solid article all about Dante Johnson. He was breaking down how different he is as a slot cornerback as opposed to on the outside. And he was basically saying, like, don't put him in the slot. He does. He doesn't cover so well out there. And yeah, he's got that long body. The yeah. short area quickness is obviously where he's, you know, not going to be his strongest suit. Right. He's long, lean, probably the cover three type Seattle Seahawks type of uh, cornerback. That's right. Yeah. So so Johnson, uh, uh, maybe a nickel guy. I mean, who knows what what they're thinking there with, with the plans for him? Sharice Wright, you know, came in as the projected starter 
you know, to start the season and hasn't started <laughs> since that first that game. That is very interesting to see yeah. him come in because, okay, we've got our starter here. Yeah. We picked him up in, in free agency and then And then Reeser got the start in game two. Yeah. And then Acker got the start there in game three. I mean. So is it, and you just, you have to kind of read a lot into this. Are they just trying to see other guys because they know what they have in right? See, that's what or I would Or did he just completely, they saw, well, we don't like that. So let's right. put him down here. These other guys are looking really good in practice. Let's put them out there. Yeah. That's a good question. You know, you got a couple other young guys, too, or not really young guys, but guys that are really fighting to make this squad. Marcus Cromartie, Leon McFadden, a couple guys I don't know a whole lot about, you know, just based on game film because, you know, I've seen them a little bit here and there in the fourth quarter. Um, but, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't think either one of these guys really have a shot. No, I don't think so. And then it becomes a numbers game, too, because there's just not room for anybody else. If, and you would think all those guys are going to make the squad. Yeah. Um, I could see them maybe cutting right. Yeah. He's not going to be one of the top two or three guys. You know, the veterans are usually the first ones to get hacked because they've got that salary attached to it. And, yeah, maybe he doesn't want to play special teams or he's no good on special teams. Right. You can bring these young guys in. They're right. willing to, yeah, you know, sacrifice their body running down there on uh, on kickoff. So that would be the only way that one of those guys could make it. And then you have to ask yourself how many defensive backs are they going to keep? You've got Jimmy Ward. So do you count him as a corner exactly. or a safety? And speaking of special teams, McCray. Yeah. Oh, no, McCray's been huge for he's them. He's been you awesome. Know? Oh, yeah, this guy's leading the team in tackles right now. Throughout the, He's got 13 tackles in the preseason. He's he's a guy you got to keep around. You know, I it's his so. second year with SF. Yeah, I mean, he, I like him. I like. I think he's going to make the team, too. I think they're going to keep, like, four or five safeties, maybe six safeties on well, this team. Let's see. So you've got Reed and Bethay. Yeah, of course. Then you've got Tart, who's looked awesome as well. He's yeah. been playing, like, a little bit of a linebacker role in the dime defense, which is really awesome. Um and you got McCray, and then you got Jimmy Ward, who they're not going to cut. Yeah, and so I mean, that's five Craig Dahl, right there. I mean, there's and another Craig guy. Dahl is probably the odd man out if they keep five. But if they, if they keep six, then how many corners can you take? If, if you right. count Ward as a corner, maybe you keep five there. If you cut right, you've got Brock, Acker, Johnson, and Reeser. So that's about the only way that, that Dahl could make the squad. Yeah, I mean, it's really going to come down to special teams. That's all you, you hear that a lot. Uh, when when they're talking about these these fifth and sixth guys in certain positions or even fourth guys in a position is can he play special teams can he make a contribution to this club in some way and I think that's where a guy like McCray really really jumps ahead of Dahl and he's looked really good on defense as well which I don't remember seeing much of last year game four lot, lot to prove here in game yeah. four for for a lot of these guys probably gonna see a lot of him oh yeah no doubt about it I'm sure we'll see a lot of Acker a lot of Reeser as well maybe a lot of Wright so we'll we'll see this is. This is probably right now, this and obviously a defensive line, these are the two biggest competitions to me Yes, going and, into this final, and obviously, final game. How good can the defensive backs look if the defensive line's not getting any push, we're not right. getting any pass rush up front? So you know that's a relationship there. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, man, it can make things really tough on that backside of the defense. Some young players, if they have to cover that extra two, three seconds, Right. I mean, that's tough. Yeah, yeah, and you know we're talking about the, that defensive line. Darnell Dockett, you know, has a little bit of a rib injury. They're, they're saying it's not too serious, but you know that that's a veteran guy. Yeah, he's only playing on nickel snaps and, and whatnot right now. And I was but expecting to get a lot out of Dockett. I was I think expecting they were to see too. a lot of the old Dockett, and I'm not sure how much of that we're going to see, I or think if it's he's early. not quite. I think it's just preseason, yeah, and I'm sure they're holding him back. He's a veteran. He doesn't, yeah. you know, kind of like Reggie Bush, kind of like what they're doing with the offense. You know, like one catch for Bolden, one catch for Torrey Smith. Yeah. Like they're I just mean, not really yeah, showing their no hand. Reason. Yeah, we're not there's, worried about there's those guys. no reason at all. To, to rush a guy like, like Dockett out there, especially, you know, he's getting kind of the Justin Tr- Smith treatment a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm exactly. okay with that. I'm, I have no problem with that. Real quick, before we move on to anything else, I, uh, and we're still talking about the game, I just want to touch on Jared Hain 
again. We, we mentioned him a little bit earlier. Uh, and just what he's done so far to make this team. I mean, I just, I, I don't, I can't see him cutting him. I really can't see it at all. Uh, because he'll get picked up, first of all. Like, you'll just lose him. There's no right. way he's... He'll be gone. Yeah, he'll be gone. And he's been the best return man. He's been so. by far. I mean, look at these numbers. He has one kick return for 30 yards. That was impressive. He's had six punt returns. He averages 20 yards a punt return. And yeah, okay, a lot of these guys on these punt coverage probably aren't even going to make the squads. But but you just you watch him and it's just it's natural his instincts his cutting I mean it's he's fast you can't teach this stuff no no and he's a physical player he's not afraid to go down and cover punts either and cover right. kicks and tackle guys and we've seen him get down on a few of those so I think he has some special teams value I mean if it's him versus well Mike Davis is going to be on the team yeah Reggie Bush is going to be on the team I'm hearing Carlos Kendall Hyde Hunter possibly getting right. cut so Kendall Hunter's the guy that yeah. if it's Hunter versus Hain might be the odd man out because Kendall would Hunter's pick, not playing special teams I would pick Hain Hunter on a one-year contract yeah. right now injury problems he hasn't looked mm-hmm. necessarily explosive he's not covering right. kicks the upside of Hain is just you can't pass that up you, you got to try to lock that down Eric Branch had a great article today um when he he's talking about Brian Mitchell so, you know, those of you out there who don't know who Brian Mitchell is, um, go back, watch some film. He's the all-time leader in punt and kickoff returns, yardage from punt and kickoff returns. He's actually second in all-purpose yards to Jerry Rice. So this is a guy that knows what he's talking about. And just to sum up what he says about Jared Haney, he basically says, yeah, this guy's got it. You know, it's it's natural. It's This, guy, this guy's going to be good, and, and somebody's going to give him a shot, and, and he, he's going to be a fantastic guy. Kick return. He talks about how he moves the ball as he goes to the sideline. Something we've mentioned as well that we love watching Hain do. Something. And the vision and just yeah, the, the vision. easy. He doesn't make a bunch of jukes and a bunch of cuts. No, just one step. He just makes a step and yep. he sees the hole and he hits it hard. Accelerates I love that so quickly him. and he's strong. And he, yeah. You've seen some of that on offense as well. So there's still a right. lot of potential there. We're only talking about his special teams value right now, but offensively he's got some value that he can continue to develop. So I think it's a no-brainer. He's your yeah. number four running back. As a, Again, I mean, yeah, he's going against some backups, some third-string guys, but he's averaging 7.8 yards a carry. 15 carries for 117 yards so far in the preseason. Again, it's preseason, but... You, you just got to love what you've seen. He's passed the eye test. No doubt about it. Right. He has. Uh, one guy, though, who couldn't make the conversion to the NFL, at least not yet, Lawrence Okoye, was among the cuts. We haven't talked about those yet. They have been right. cut down to 75. That was on Monday. Corey Acosta, uh, Steve Baharnis, Mylon Hicks, Sean Huey, Mario Hull, Chuck Jacobs, Nigel King, Sean Lemon, Trey Millard, and Lawrence Okoye all cut. Kilgore goes on the pup. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Smelter. Non-football injury list and IR for Drez Anderson and Desmond Bishop. Yeah, the Lawrence Okoye one was a bit surprising, obviously. You know, it was a, the long-term project. But I, I, I like what they said about it. You know, they did it early so that he has a chance to, to sign on somewhere else or catch on somewhere else. But all of these guys cleared waivers. So all of them can be signed to the 49ers practice squad. Yes. And a guy like Okoye, I mean, that you got to do that, right? I mean, maybe even Millard. Because who's the backup fullback at this point to Bruce Miller? Right. You know, who, who's going to be running that? Right, and maybe Okoye can be next year the type of guy who takes another step in his development like Purcell has right. this offseason. You know, so there's still some some stuff there, and they, they'll probably try to bring him back. Um, he's the only defensive lineman they cut. So, um, Would you be surprised if you saw Jared Hain running as fullback? I mean, he's not that big, no. but he's strong, he right? He would probably make the most sense as the backup fullback because they don't have another one. That's what I'm just seeing. Just Miller. Yeah. I mean, maybe you bring in one of these tight ends or something, but to me, I mean, talk about 
having an extra weapon there because they, you know, this old offense used Miller a lot out of the backfield, catching passes and whatnot. And yeah, this isn't the same offense, but that fullback, he's an 11th guy. He counts out there. And you get a guy like Hayne, those defenses are going to have to plan for that. They're going to have to worry about him every single time he steps on the field. Just putting him on the field. The only thing I would worry about is putting too much on his plate to learn because he's learning the whole sport, you know. So maybe if you just focus on special teams now, right? Worry about the rest later. Yeah, maybe so you we start see talking it. about tailback and then you start talking about fullback as well. I mean, that's a lot to learn. But physically, he has the skills to do all of those things. As a former fullback, the fullback and running back position is not <laughs> that, that your different. Position? That was my position. Yeah, it is not that different. You know, you, you're basically you, you have you're just running to the left. You know, in front of the running back, or you know, like and the 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 pass. So it is as seems, simple as it looks. It's it's super simple. Okay. Just go. They'll say go to the left. That's what they say in, in the huddle. <laughs> in the huddle. There's no there's no other talk. It's like you go out and uh, you go to the right. You go out and go to the left. There's no uh, terminology or anything you need to learn in football. Come on, All right, Nick, go to the left. Ready, break. Ready, break. Everyone else, go to the right. <laughs> no, I I. I I'm not saying he's going to start the season as the backup fullback, but I could. I would not be surprised at all if we saw that in game three or four or something. You I'm know, guessing maybe. Bill Walsh was not your high school football coach. <laughs> no, he was <laughs> Blair Walsh. <laughs> Is that <laughs> you know, the kicker? I'm pretty sure he was our guy. Okay. <laughs> so if we're talking about all these guys that got cut and cleared waivers, I mean, should we talk about the bubble, right? I mean, it, it, it's Saturday. That these, these we have to be trimmed down to fifty three men. So I mean, there's a lot of guys that we've we've already started mentioning some guys that that are on the bubble. I mean, yeah, we should actually let's hear from Tom Sula okay. on the subject. We've well, there's some guys this is real important for. There are there, there is that. I mean, but that's every year, you know. Um, the uh, but but there's a majority of things that are that are set in place. So it sounds like they kind of know pretty much what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's a couple guys that, that you know, they're oh, these two guys are going for this one position, these two guys, and that's probably what they're going to be really focused on right. come game time. But then at the same time, I'm sure they have to keep their eyes open in case of the dreaded injury bug. Yeah, if an injury happens, yeah. um, and I'm sure they're also looking at other rosters because maybe somebody else that gets cut somewhere else they'd rather pick up, mm-hmm. maybe even put on the roster or put on the uh, practice squad over somebody that they're going to release. Tight end is tough because, again, there's too many guys there. So, so many tight Busta ends. Busta Anderson almost can't make the roster yeah, yeah, unfortunately. unless, unless uh, he makes it over Garrett Selleck. So maybe there's an opportunity for him to show something But there. Selleck's had a pretty good preseason he has, he's so had, far. He just continues to be that guy where it's like, yeah, he's pretty good. He's, he's this, not amazing, but it's like he's not – you right. can't cut the guy. No, and but this is when you know maybe one of those guys is like, "Yeah, I'll play fullback." Yeah, of course I'll play fullback. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's what I would do. You know, it's I watch Hard Knocks, and you know they they, they there was this one uh, scene where they were talking to uh, this rookie, and they're like, "Do all you can." You know, like know everything, know as much as you can. Like can't hurt to know this, can't hurt to know that. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, where the uh, the guy the was playing running back and, back, and they yeah, put him on, uh, yeah. Uh, running back. Yeah, yeah, make yourself useful. <laughs> that's that's how I feel with every job I've ever done in my life. That's them saying you're not good enough to win the job right. of doing just that thing. So maybe Exactly. <laughs> like maybe we'll have you on the practice squad so that you can run on the scout team on both defense and offense. They're like, Nick, you're screwing up the run left play. You keep going so, right. What yeah. are you doing? Maybe defense. Just hold up your hands. You see the <laughs> L on your finger there? That's left. All right. Let's uh let's talk to Jeff Dini. It's about that time. Okay. And joining us now, Jeff Dini, who works the 49ers beat for Pro Football Focus. Jeff, how you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks, guys, for having me. Hey, it's great to have you here. We love the work that you guys do over at Pro Football mm-hmm. Focus. It's a very necessary, um, you know, it's just 
a supplement to to the statistics we already right. have. Certain positions, especially, don't have the kind of uh, production and output statistically that other positions have. So it's really awesome to see things like offensive linemen, especially, get a little bit love in the stat department. Right, a little bit more than just the eye test. Exactly. Right, especially with what's going on with the Niners and the right side of the line now. So. Oh, exactly, and we are definitely going to start diving into that. Actually, um, let's start there. I do want to ask, how do you grade the impact of the offensive linemen versus the whole line as a unit? Um, so basically what we do is we actually grade each individual player on every play um, on an individual basis, and basically they get a grade – between plus two and minus two on each play, basically in half-point increments. So it can be 0, 0.5, plus one, et cetera. Most of the time, if they just do what's expected or if it's not, they don't really have an impact on the play itself, they'll get a zero. That's what happens most of the time. It's when, for example, if you're an offensive tackle, if you give up a pressure, it's when you start getting the negative grades. You know, And it's a lot of it's how quickly you give up the pressure or what type. That will determine how much of a ding you get to your grade. And then, you know, for example... You know, if you're run blocking, that's where you can get a positive grade. If you know, you, you know, if you have a successful block in the guy in front of you, perhaps. Um, but so we do that individually, and you know, we go through a normalization process once the game's over. Um, and basically, over the course of the season, a player will accumulate grades for different things, such as you know, pass blocking, run blocking, um, even like screen blocking, and then we also have a penalty grade if they if they get flagged during the year. So when you're grading a player. How do you divide up a play like, you know, say someone gets a sack, you've got a half a sack, two guys are in on the play, and using that DeMarcus Ware safety of, of Colin Kaepernick as a, as an example, it looks like Paris gets beat to the outside, and he did, but maybe not as bad as you'd expect. Cap can't step up in the pocket because Silverman got beat inside as well. Uh, how do you divvy up those type of plays? Sure. So honestly, in that play, and I haven't actually looked at how bad each one of them got dinged for that, but most likely they both would receive a negative grade for that. Um, and it, I mean, our grading system is kind of proprietary, so I can't get too far into it. But a lot of it, especially with the pressures involved, is you know, you know, if if you're going to give up a pressure in one second as opposed to three or four, that's usually going to give you a much more negative grade than if it's you know, like seven, three or four seconds. Okay, on to the right guard situation. We've already talked about this quite a bit. Um, looks like the starting unit, at least for week one, has been announced. We've got uh, Davey is the starting right guard there. His grades were horrible in New England a year ago. Um, how is he graded out in limited action so far in the preseason? So he's, you know, you're right. He had four starts in New England last year. I think it was minus 17.2 in those four games. I mean, it's really just disastrous. He gave up, I think, about 13 pressures and about 146 snaps or pass snaps off the top of my head. But, um, you know, and if you look on Twitter, if you search him in, in Patriots or Pats, there's not a a lot of positive things said about him, no. unfortunately. I saw on Twitter a lot of LOLs. Or they're right. like, oh, they named Davey as a starting a starter at right guard in San Francisco, LOL. So a lot of those from Patriots fans. Exactly. I mean, he's only and he's only played 32 snaps with the Niners in the two games. Uh, he's actually been okay. He's got a 0.4 overall grade. Um, run blocking, he was he's 1.7. And then pass blocking, he's been, uh, I think we have a minus 1.4 for, for the first two games. He played 23 snaps against... Um, Dallas, and then the last game against Denver, he played nine snaps with the first team, um, which was kind of his first action with the starters. So, I mean, it's kind of small sample size with him. I mean, it's just it's interesting that obviously I think it's a situation in New England he probably wasn't going to make their 53. So for him to just come here and be here for two weeks, get some limited snaps, and all of a sudden he's a starter is, is a little bit surprising, especially when, I mean, I think you look at Brandon Thomas, and he was drafted 
pretty much to take over for you, Potty, when you figured Potty was going to leave. So the right. fact that they've, you know, picked up a guy who was an undrafted free agent in 2013, was really struggled last year for the Patriots, and all of a sudden is stepping at guard is, it's 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 a little baffling what what they think of Brandon Thomas right now. Yeah, and also. And just from the eye test and some of the PFF grades I saw early in the preseason, it looked like Thomas had been playing pretty well. So to just immediately get thrown aside, now he's backing up at left guard, is a little bit curious. There's been whispers that maybe he's not picking up the offense that well. Um, yeah, he, you're right. He did grade pretty well against Houston, that opener. And then, you know, that was a right guard. Then they moved him to left guard the following week. Struggled quite a bit against Dallas, and then he rebounded again against uh, Denver and actually had, I think, a 0.8 grade against Denver, but also playing left guard. So, you know, it's interesting. Obviously, he's kind of stuck there behind Alex Boone, so I'm not quite sure what the plan is from there. But, he's, you know, he's he's had an up-and-down preseason, but, I mean, our site, he's graded okay. He's, he's 0.7 for the preseason, which is just slightly above average. Right, and with the pedigree of the high draft pick, it seems like he would have gotten at least a tiebreaker there over the guy they just traded for that was probably not going to make another team's roster. Exactly, and I mean, you throw even Ian Silverman in the mix, and he's a guy who was a sixth-round draft pick who played tackle last year in college, and you know they seem to give him a shot as well. So I want to follow up. You, you mentioned the negative 17 grade. Um, just for our listeners out there who aren't familiar with the grades, how does that stack up with other players in the league? Um, near the bottom. <laughs> so, like I said, basically we have – so our grades get normalized. So basically if you end up with a zero, it's basically an average um, so minus 17 would be near the bottom. And also, he only played, he started four games last year. So his grades compared to some of the guys who maybe played 16 games isn't, um, you know, a little different to compare. But, um, you know, the minus 17.6 or four is near the bottom. And he ranked, I think, 69th or 70th out of, out of 78 guards last year. Ooh. But if he kind of went by a per-play basis, it'd probably even be near the bottom because most of those other guys have played you know, almost the entire season. Wow. So it's a counting stat, right? So the more you play, the more you have a chance to either go up or down in any direction. Kind of like the war stat is for baseball, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay. So you two have uh, talked a lot about offense here. So I want to jump in here with a little bit of defense talk. So just my eye test watching the game this weekend, uh, Navarro Bowman just, you know, looked like he has so far during the preseason, like un- unblockable. So man. good to see. Yeah, yeah, man, that's, that's possessed. He had nine tackles. Uh, two sacks. I'm wondering. I, I didn't see his name as a as a top five graded player. So I'm wondering uh, what his grade was from that game, and if possibly uh, I'm missing something. Like why why wouldn't it be higher? Um, he you know he did great positively. Um, he actually finished the zero point one grade, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was very solid in the first quarter. Um, he had the two sacks. Um, he did get beat on a few run blocks in the second quarter, and that's kind of why his grade was a little lower than you might expect. But, yeah, the first quarter he, he did come out um, with the two sacks. Uh, he also had another, I think, a hurry another time when it was definitely, you know, they had him come in on the blitz and was very successful there. But um, overall, like I said, he was, he was pretty much just about average for the game, actually. So when we look at uh, defensive backs, I saw that Kenneth Acker graded out as, as pretty much the highest 49er from this game. And, yeah, of course, the eye test there, great as well. His number is also solid. So you talk about breaking down each individual player on each play. So if he gets beat and the ball doesn't come to him, that, that counts as, as a minus as well, I, I assume, right? Um, so we, we, I mean, like I said, there's some normalization process in there, but most of the time with the cornerback, the grades, you know, on a pass play will, will only come into play when the ball, when they're targeted. And it, and it's, it's not so much, I mean, I think this is where kind of the grades are more indicative of how they play as opposed to the stats, because if a player does get beat by 10 yards on a, on a deep throw, 
and the wide receiver happens to drop it. If you look at his stats, it looks as a you know he's targeted and he gets an incompletion, sure. but we'll give him a negative grade for that play, whether the receiver catches it or not. Right. How often do you guys change your own proprietary formula there? Um, we're always tweaking it um, each year, and I mean we you know we go through. I think we about we have three different analysts that will go through the game um, each week. So I mean you'll see the grades Monday morning, and then. We actually have a review process after that that every once in a while these might change a little bit. Or if we have a play where we, you know, you know, we need to look at the all 22 film, you know, that comes out on Tuesday just to maybe get a better idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do go through that process. It goes through a normalization process at the end of the year to make sure like the zero is average. Um, and we're, you know, we're constantly kind of tweaking. We get, you know, 19 of the 32 teams in the league are actually clients of ours to various degrees and, and purchase our data. So we're always getting a ton of feedback from them, and we use that in our, in, to improve our grading system and our data collection. And I've also read, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the, the college system you guys have now is also something that NFL teams are starting to, to look at from you guys. Is that right? Yeah, actually, last year we started doing the same thing for um, college football as we've been doing for the NFL since 2007. And so most of the teams that you know were using it for you know scouting for draft purposes for the NFL draft, um, and then... We actually have some college clients that as well are using it for you know advanced scouting. Nice. Can you tell us if the 49ers are one of those clients? Um, I can't. Unfortunately, um, most of the teams, um, we signed a confidentially, <laughs> confidentiality agreement. Good effort, so though, we, Brian. Hey, I had yeah. to try, right? I had to try. So, so we can't say uh, um, whether you know teams are our clients or not, unfortunately. Cough once if it's the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, one more quick question about the offensive line. Uh, it seems to me that Martin does look much better at center than right guard, so I'm not surprised they wanted to look at him there over right guard. Does PFF agree with that assessment? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously last year he did struggle at center, but I think he kind of he kind of got put in a tough situation. I think you know he he you know he dislocated his kneecap in the preseason, and after Kilgore went out, he kind of you know he may not have been 100 percent yet. It's maybe a little bit out of shape. And honestly, I think when he entered the lineup last year, he was he still hadn't even turned 21 yet. So. To kind of get thrown in as a rookie like that at center, where you're also making all the line calls and stuff, he did struggle quite a bit. But um, I think this preseason he has looked better at center than right guard, hence why he's going to be the starting center week one. So if DBs are only as good as their pass rush, uh, that's going to be a problem, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I think, well, I think you're going to see the Niners blitz a lot more this year. I think one, just because of, you know, Eric Mangini, it's kind of more his style. But also, I think, you know, Alden Smith's gone. Justin Smith's gone. Um, you know, they're going to have a hot, harder time getting to the quarterback rushing four this year. So I think they're going to have to dial up some other stuff. I think you're going to see, you know, one thing Vic Fangio didn't do a lot was blitz like the defensive back. I think you're going to see a lot more of that this year too. Well, before we let you go, i got one more question for you. Uh, NFL.com has the 49ers number 26 on their power rankings. Uh, numerous outlets picking the 49ers last in the NFC West. A lot of 49er fans see things much differently, or at least hope so. Um, how do you see it from your analyst perspective, uh, taking the headlines out of the equation? You know, I'm a little more optimistic than most. I think at the beginning of training camp, I was kind of an 8-8 eight eight guy. Um, after Alden Smith went out and just kind of seeing how the offensive line has struggled a bit, it's going to be a really big question mark to start the season, more towards the 7-9 and nine range, which I think, you know, I think Seattle and Arizona are your, the two teams at the top of the NFC West. You're probably battling the Rams for third at, at that level. Right, so okay, you're still taking the over then on the Vegas six point five. 
Just barely. I'm not. I'm not. Bad. It's not a lock. It's yeah, it's. Lock I, I don't feel week. as strong about it as <laughs> the beginning of the year either. I thought, man, hey, the 49ers are going to surprise a lot of people who are just reading the headlines. But yeah, they, there, there's definitely some problems there. One thing after yeah. the next. Yeah, and I think they. I mean, obviously, they lost a lot of talent in the offseason. I mean, that's that's obvious. But I still think they do have quite a bit of talent on this team, and I think it's just, you know, there's just so many unknowns. You got the new coaching staff and everything else that's going on, but. So, I mean, I, I could see 4-12, and 12, I could see 10-6, and six, so somewhere I think that 7 is kind of the, the mean right there. One more question for you before we let you go, Jeff. Um, and we were talking to Jeff Dini from Pro Football Focus, the 49ers analyst there. Looking at the guys that are on the bubble, Jared Hayne, Shane Scove, these guys are safe, right, in your opinion? I would, you know, I think with Jared Hayne, I, I got to think so. I know they said they haven't guaranteed him a spot, but I would – I would be really surprised they let him go. I mean, one, he's shown to be a tremendous punt returner. So I think, I mean, you, you would think he's the best punt returner on the team. He's going to have that job. Um, obviously, at running back, he's been really good. He's, you know, we, we have something called an elusive rating, which is one of our, you know, stats that we have. And it's basically a formula that, you know, counts the amount of touches a player running back has and how many missed tackles he has forced. And it comes up with kind of a, a formula rating. And he actually is leading all the running backs in the league right now in that elusive rating. Wow, not surprised. Um, yeah, and he's averaging a little over six yards a carry after contact, which is Ooh. also leading all running backs as well. So, I mean, he has a long way to go there. Because obviously, the, the pad level is an issue. He's got to learn the offense. There's, you know, pass protection is very important, and those are things you know, being new to the game, he still has to learn. But um, I think just based on his special teams, the punt return alone, he's going to make the 53. Um, Shane Scove is graded out very well on our site. Um, I think with Desmond Bishop being on IR right now, he's probably going to be a lock as well. Um, you know, I think he's been very good against the run. I mean, I still think, you know, with his lack of speed, his coverage is an issue. But um, aside from that, he's been very solid against the run in the preseason. Last one, who do you start next to Tremaine Brock at cornerback? Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, I think Acker and Dante Johnson have both been solid. Um, you know, Acker's quarterback rating allowed is 14.3 in the preseason. Ooh. And Dante Johnson's at twelve point nine, so they've oh, both my. been really good. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I think, you know, it, I guess the first issue, I guess, is is Train Bach going to be healthy for Week One? So, it, right. assuming Maybe we can he, get both of those guys, <laughs> yeah, you might have them both in there, whether you like it or not. Um, but assuming he is healthy, um, it's really close. It wouldn't surprise me to see either one. I'm kind of leaning towards Acker, though. I think, you know, with that being said, when they go to the nickel, I think you're going to probably see Brock slide to the slot. And then Dante Johnson come in and play outside anyway. So right. you'll probably see whoever doesn't get it on the field 60% of the time anyway. But um, that's a really close call. Both of them have been really solid this preseason. Awesome information, Jeff. Really appreciate you coming on the show with us. And hopefully, if you're up for it, coming on again and talking to us later this season. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks, guys, for having me. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you. Oh, so many numbers. I love math. I say this every time, but it's so nice to have someone smarter than you come on the I show know. and really kind of save our podcast. Yeah. just That's uh, how I feel what happens every week. Tell me who's <laughs> going to start. <laughs> we're over here guessing. We got this eye test yeah, thing we're going. We're flapping gums. Use give me numbers some, to support Give me some it. information here. <laughs> no, that's great. Yes. Ooh, man. Let's get to that top five. Are you uh, ready? Yeah, I, I am ready, man. This Anything is... else you want to cover with the 49ers before we jump into this? Uh, you know, there's so much to get to, but at the same time, so much still needs to be decided in this final game. We're going to know so much more next week after That's the right. final round of cuts. The 53-man, who's going to be on the practice squad? I, I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's going to be exciting stuff. Our big board this week is the best records in the AFC. Yep. And we're gonna. I think we're going to have our 
picks to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC next week. Mm-hmm. We'll save the NFC side, and then we'll talk Super Bowl matchup. I like it. Before we uh, preview that Monday Night Football Week 1 matchup with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I believe it's my turn to start. Is. is that correct? It is okay. indeed. I'm going to go with my – well, I guess we have – it's not a top five. It's a top six, top right? Top six. Okay, so I'm going to start with my last team, which is a wild card team, mm-hmm. which is the New England Patriots. Oh, all right. Yeah, so that means somebody else beats so them. as number six. That's my number six, okay. record-wise. Uh-huh. Uh, number five, yep. I've got the the team that wins the East, that is the Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah, that's my shocker bold. of the list. You know, I I don't like this whole Fred Jackson business though. I saw I, something today. The GM went rogue and didn't talk to anyone and just cut him. Wow, didn't talk to the that's coaching staff. I did not or anything. That. Yeah. I don't think Fred Jackson means the difference between them making the playoffs or not. But I, I mean, just, right now you have a banged up Shady McCoy. You know, it, it, Bryce Brown's banged up. I think everyone in that backfield's banged up right now. I just love the defense. I know I do too. And so that's what I'm betting on. Tyrod Taylor looks exciting. The Patriots too. have their issues okay. happening over there. So, but th- this conversation isn't done about the Pats. So, all right, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a second. Uh, number four, the Bengals. I've got the bang- Bengals in the North. That's the only team from the North I have going. There you go. Um, and I like them to go to the playoffs and lose in the first round once again. Okay. Broncos. As always. <laughs> I've got the Broncos, actually third best record in the AFC, but they are the wild card team because number two and the winner of the West is the Kansas City Chiefs. Look at you. Yeah. I like what the Chiefs have going over there. I do too. Um, bringing in Macklin. The I'm wep- a believer in Alex Smith. He's the perfect guy to just lead a team to some wins. It's yeah. a good team, and they've got talent all along that roster. Macklin's, strong defense. Kelsey's strong legit. Offense. Kelsey, tight end, yeah. He loves, Alex Smith does love throwing the tight end. You've seen him already have a little bit going on with Macklin, and Macklin is a huge upgrade over Dwayne Bowe, So No doubt about that. We might see him throw a touchdown to a wide receiver this year. So we have the same number one, then. And number one is the Colts. Yeah. Even okay. though I don't necessarily like what the Colts did this offseason, I think drafting a fourth wide receiver in the first round was insanity. And then going again, an old running back and an old wide receiver. I like, actually, Frank Gore. <laughs> Frank Gore is a perfect I love for their Frank offense. Gore, but, but yeah. he was old. So Colts number one. All right, and uh, do, do, should I just go straight into my uh, my playoff scenario here? Oh sure. Okay. So I actually, you know what? No, no. I want to no. hear yours first, then we'll talk playoffs. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so my number six and the first wild card sneaking in at nine and seven. This is this is this is the fun one. Oakland Raiders. Uh, I wanted to, but gosh, I, I just they hey they're coming up. They're coming up. They're coming I, up in the world. And I this, think the, so much parity in this league. I could see them. I see three or four teams step. at nine and seven, but they just they have the best AFC record. You know, I I just feel like the this is this going to be a good season for for Raider okay, fans. I, I hate like to it. say it, obviously as a Niner fan, but <laughs> I like it. I like what they've done. I like where they're going. My other wild card team, New England, as well. So we both have New England sneaking in okay. there. Um, my 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 first division winner and my only team from the North, Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, I that was think... the tough one. I was trying to decide yeah. Bengals or Steelers. It's so close there. My division winner uh, coming out of the East is going to be the Miami Dolphins. Oh, see, yeah, I really like what they've done on both offense and defense. I think they've improved. I I am not a huge fan mm-hmm. of theirs, and that division is it's tough. It's going to be a really you you had two one. teams in there. I did. Buffalo and New England. I did. Yeah. They have right. a lot of teams that are good, not great. Yeah, we both have two in there. Right. So uh, well, <laughs> at least one of us is going to be wrong. Uh, <laughs> getting that first round by number two overall seed, Denver Broncos. And, of course, my top seed is the Indianapolis Colts. 
So I think we we both uh, we have some very similar ones. You have KC up there too. Mm-hmm. I have KC. I like them a lot. I like what's going on over there. Um, so obviously Colts is going to be number one for both of us, right? Um, no doubt about that. And Broncos probably number two since you have them three and I have yes. them two. Yeah. And the Pats are the only other team we agree. I on. know. Is that Interesting. Right? Yeah. Okay. So if they have, they the would th- have to be our three. Yeah. Okay. So I have Chiefs at two. Mm-hmm. You have we are, I have are Miami at three. That's tough. That's tough. I, I totally see where you're going with Miami, and I get that. I don't like them as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the moves that they've done, but I, oh, man, I, I see what you're saying with Buffalo too. I, I just, I'm not buying the case. It's all defense. I kind of like Tyrod Taylor. Go around, I do too. make some plays. He looks I think exciting. Shady McCoy. They can run the ball a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, it's just a team that can that can compete every single week to win. Yeah, and you know Miami's got to go up to some cold places and play. I just, yeah, you know, I just right. think that that defense is going to be solid. And Tannehill, he's primed to be a, a legitimate quarterback. Okay. Whereas you got Tyrod Taylor, who hasn't done anything. <laughs> he looks exciting. I love in it. I love the scrappiness, man. Just let him go, and right. he won the job. You know, I like he did. that they, I like that they allowed that guy to win the job. Yeah, and he won it. I'm with so, you on that. I kind of love Rex for that. Right. Um, all right, I, I'm okay with the Dolphins, though. Yeah, at yeah. number four. At number three. Are we at three now? Where three we? was New England. Oh, no, yeah. So four yeah. is four. the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I got to fight for the Chiefs, though, at five. Yeah, I, I, I can see it. Okay. Because I, I also love what they've done on offense. I, I love, 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 love Travis Kelsey. That guy. And like you said, Alex Smith. Perfect fit. You've yeah. seen what he did with the guy. The, he's going to have 75, 80% completion percentage this year, but he's not going to throw anything over seven and a half yards down the field. That's right. But they've got a solid defense yet again. They've got one of the best running backs in all of football and Jamal mm-hmm. Charles. And yeah, I, I'm good with that. I, I like Now so, I think we should go with that Pittsburgh Cincinnati debate. Yeah, yeah, we have to have somebody from the north there. Yeah. So. Pittsburgh Cincy. Sell me on Cincy, man, because you know I, I like Pittsburgh a lot. I love. I hate that they don't have Martavis Bryant for those first four games. That's that's kind of it. You've but got, they have the best receiver in football in Antonio. They Brown. do, and but so here, so the 49ers actually get to see this in week two. Yeah, what with no Le'Veon Bell, right? No Le'Veon Bell for two weeks. Mm-hmm. No Martavis for four weeks. Yeah, what I mean, how difficult is it to double team Antonio Bryant and say now beat us with D'Angelo Williams? Now here is my one counter to you about Cincinnati. Andy Dalton, because he's not good. <laughs> he's a good regular season quarterback, well, and he's got great he weapons. He has good games. And for you fantasy football players out there, Tyler Eifert, go draft Tyler Eifert. Yeah, he's I see your the upside. sleeper tight end pick there. Um, I feel more comfortable with thing, Keith Miller as both my consistent. Both those guys, he can just chuck it up there. And yeah. the key is, is A.J. Green being healthy all year. Mm-hmm. And I believe me, I... I they could completely blow it again in the playoffs and you know right. continue that sort of storyline. I do like Cincinnati's career, defense better than Pittsburgh. Right. So if you want to just base it on that, line as well, which is a lot of so. I and guess. I love Jeremy Hill. Okay, All I right. like how we're talking with the with the Chiefs and Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, Andy Dalton can can game manage his team into he, the postseason, but I, I how much can he win there? Is I the big would, question. but it, you know. You'd take Ben Roethlisberger ten times. They just out of 10. have less talent on the on the Steelers, and, 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 and I love Roethlisberger missing, to yeah. Brown. Okay, but they're right. missing some big pieces right. early in the season. I'm in since he, and number six. Okay. All right, you sold me. So get, just like the the Pittsburgh Steelers getting into hole, that's how I see the Pats. So this is my scenario here: mm-hmm. Pats one and three under Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, zero uh, and four even maybe. You know things are not looking good in New England. Here comes Tom Brady, the miraculous Brady savior scenario. He fights to bring that team just into the playoffs. Yep. They're my last wild card. Play the Colts in the playoffs. Deflate Gate Part 2. Pats beat the Colts to go into the Super Bowl. I actually That's have it the scenario. other way around. Colts over Pats. So <laughs> That's revenge from and last year. It's one of those things where you have to turn off your TV for a week if right. the Colts play the Pats in the playoffs. Oh yeah, because that's all it's going to be. Non-stop Deflate Gate nonsense. 
So you got the Colts in the Super Bowl. I got the Pats. Yep. Cool. There we go. Next week, we're going to go NFC. We are also going to look at, we're going to have our last Know Your Enemy segment. Talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50 predictions, Levi's Stadium. Let's do it. Um, and also previewing that week one Monday night football matchup at Levi's Stadium. Adrian Peterson, Teddy Bridgewater come to town with the Minnesota Vikings. Final cuts. Yes. Lots to get to next week. Going to be exciting. Going to be great. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can follow me at BD Peacock on Twitter. Follow Nick at Bay Area Wink. Thanks to Jeff Dini for joining us on the show today. We will talk to you next time. See ya. See ya.